So I'm preaching on evangelism, and I'm very excited because I love evangelism. I have strong evangelistic giftings, love evangelism. And so that's what we're going to be preaching on. So we're going to go ahead and jump straight in to the Word of God. And uh, for those of you here that are listening, also, we have people that are listening via a podcast because as of this week, Impact Rock has an, uh, a podcast on iTunes, so you can subscribe. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. So I listened to a couple of the sermons, and I realized a couple of things. Number one, I talk fast all the time. And number two, um, I don't like my voice. You know, I wish I had like Charlton Heston or Sean Connery. But you know what? You, you're stuck with, with my voice. Um, so <laughs> that's right. We're going to edit in Sean Connery next week. Um, so, um, so if you're listening out there, uh, we just want to say hello to everyone listening out there also. We're going to go straight into the Word. We have three passages I want to jump into. So let's just go ahead and, and uh, read. Luke 19.10 And I, the Son of Man, have come to seek and save those who, like Him, are lost. John 20.21 20, Again He said, uh, He spoke to them again and said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Romans 10.14 But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they have never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? Acts 1.8 But when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power and will tell people about Me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to, to share your word, to tell of your goodness, to tell of your love, to declare your praises. Lord, we love you. And we sit here tonight yielded to you. Hungry, Lord, to hear from you. Lord, desperate to hear from you. Needing to hear from you, Lord God. So, Lord, we set our eyes on you and we set our hearts and our ears on you to hear from you. Holy Spirit, as we're yielded to you, we give you every place in our lives to do that awesome thing that you do. Where you take this word and you make it feel like you're just speaking directly to each one of us individually. We're listening. We're open. Lord, I pray that we not just be hearers of your word, but doers. In Jesus' name, amen. Preaching on evangelism. As uh, Michael said, the E word. Because for, for some of you, it's like, no, not evangelism. That's a bad thing. That's a scary thing. That's something I'm not comfortable with. That's something I'm not gifted in. That's something I flat out don't want to do. I think the reason is because for many people, and you know what? We can probably uh, kill the lights a little just so we can see these. We've got a few images here. Um, for many people, um, this is what evangelism is. Right here. So this is what evangelism is. And so we think, oh no. I mean, you know, can you guys all read that sign? Can you guys read the, the sign there? Because if you can read it, I don't have to read it. But I'm going to read it anyway. 
Warning, drunkards, fornicators, masturbators, atheists, abortionists, adulterers, witches, revelers, sodomites, hypocrites, blasphemers, liars, and general heathen, which is like, I get, you know, hell awaits you. And then we have Hebrews 9, 27. Um, now, I really like the yellow sign. The blood of Jesus washes away sins. That's awesome. Um, my man has like a cool personalized vest on right here. Um, so when we think of evangelism, many times this is what we think of. And that kind of scares the crap out of us, right? I mean, right? Because you know I'm preaching on evangelism because then we're going to go do evangelism, right? We're going to live evangelism. And so you're like, can we call a timeout? Can we have a halftime in the service? And we're going to slip out the back? Well, I don't want you guys to be worried. You don't have to be praying, Lord, please, Jesus, please, Lord, sweet God, sweet Lord, Jesus, don't let us do this. Okay, we're not going to do this. Let me set your minds at ease. No one's going to force you to do anything. No one's going to force you to be something you're not. But here's the good news. There are many, many ways to walk in evangelism. There are many, many ways to walk out the calling that Christ has put upon us to go and tell the good news, to go and share the good news, to go and make disciples, to do. There's many ways. No one's going to make you do this form of evangelism, and that is a form of evangelism. But so is this. And so is this. This is evangelism. That that looks like fun evangelism. Red Sox at the Rockies game. This is evangelism. This is evangelism. Church, there's many different forms of evangelism. And yes, that is evangelism. And you know what? Although that's not my style, I'm not going to badmouth that form of evangelism. And neither should you. We shouldn't point our fingers at someone else's way of getting across the good news. Now, we're on this series right now uh, called Heritage, where we're talking about who we are as a church. Our character traits, who we are, the things that are important to us, the things that God has put within us that just, just gush out of us. So when we do, we're going to share about things like relationship, which we've already preached on. The love of God, which better be the focus of everything we do. Sometimes in evangelism, that's not the focus. And that's not right. Everything we do to share the good news of Jesus Christ needs to be centered around, motivated in, and out of love. His love. I showed you several things that evangelism is. Evangelism should never be this. Evangelism's never screaming down the love of God at somebody. He loves you even though you're dirt. I know I'm dirt. You don't even have to tell me I'm dirt. I know. Evangelism is something that should flow naturally. Most evangelism takes place as a result of relationship. What about this as far as evangelism goes? <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So what exactly 
is evangelism. What is evangelism? It's simply this. Sharing the good news of Jesus Christ through our actions, words, and life, all motivated by God's love and empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's all it is. That's exactly what evangelism is. Let's read Acts chapter 1, verse 8 again. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling everyone about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The Lord has laid out a pattern for us of how we're to share the gospel. It starts off that we're to share Jesus at home in Jerusalem. I pulled up a map here so that we could just have a visual of, of what this looks like. So down here in the lower left, the red box, that's Jerusalem. Judea is the region where Jerusalem is located. Samaria is the region that's just north of it. And to the ends of the earth, that's to the ends of the earth. We look at this example and we see something right away. Jesus cares about community. He cares about community. Jesus is a homebody. He said, bring the word of God to Jerusalem. So let me just stop right here. Before we take the gospel to Africa, take the gospel to your children. Take the gospel to your family. If you're married, you and your wife, sit and talk about Jesus and grow in the word together. Grow in in relationship with the Lord together. Let your kids know about the love of God. Home. Before you've taken it outside of your home, we follow this example of Jesus. We take the word of God to Jerusalem. We take it to our home. Then after that, we take it to Judea. We take it to our region. What does that look like to us? Work. School. Neighbors. People that are in your fantasy football league. People that you have mommy and me with. That's our Judea. That's our region. After that, Samaria's, uh, Samaria, our neighboring areas. That could be distant friends. That could be strangers. That could be people that we just meet and get into acquaintance, acquaintanceship with. You know, it could be those people that hey, they speak a different language, you know, in this example. You know, hey, they have a different culture. Hey, that stretches us a little. It's easy for me to tell that that person in my uh, fantasy football league. I can tell them about Jesus. I can tell, you know, I can talk to my kids about Jesus. But it's a little tougher now when it's not someone that I can immediately relate to. That's what Samaria is. It's those people where that you just can't easily, immediately have that common element with and then to the ends of the earth what does that mean it it means to the ends of the earth eric it means to the ends of the earth right eric just got back from uh, a mission trip spent time in uh, greenland and in turkey and in secret places that he can't tell us about um or he'd have to fatally wound us but he he had an incredible time we heard about it thursday it was awesome but here, here's also what to the ends of the earth means. 
anything that God's telling us to do. The extreme place or person that the Lord is telling us to be his witness to. That's what the ends of the earth is to it. The, the thing that requires a little bit of sacrifice. The thing that, that costs us a little bit. We've probably all heard about the Great Commission. It's located throughout the Gospels and referenced in Acts. And it says this in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given complete authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Church, as far as I can tell, discipleship or making disciples begins in only one way. Only one way. Evangelism. You can't make disciples to someone who doesn't know about Christ. You can't make disciples to someone who hasn't heard the good news. What did Romans 10.14 say? Unless they believe in Him. And how can they believe in Him if they have never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? They have to know Jesus before we can make disciples of them. Pretty simple stuff, right? So here's the good news. There's no pressure on you. There's no pressure on me. You can't save anybody. You can't. You can't save anybody. I can't save anybody. I'm not a savior. I can talk. I can share. But I can't save. Only Jesus Christ can save. So there's no pressure on you. Your job is not to save them. My job is not to save them. That's not the responsibility we have. Only Jesus. I asked for five volunteers. Can I get those volunteers to kind of uh, come up here for a second, please? A person's coming to Christ is kind of like a, a linked chain. It's a chain with many links. There are many influences and conversations that precede someone coming to Christ. Can you guys just join arms, please? Just link your arms. Throughout the course of, of a person's life, the Lord brings people in and out of their lives, conversations, Hallmark commercials. God will use it all. And I ain't kidding you. God will use it all. And there's many things that impact that person as the Holy Spirit is drawing them to the Father. Now, I know the joy of being at this place of the first link where I first get to share the Lord with somebody. With my kids, that was the case. My wife and I, we had the joy of being the first link as we shared Christ with our kids. Occasionally, I get the incredible joy and honor of being the last link where I actually get to lead someone to salvation, where I actually get to ask them a question, hey, are you ready to give your life to Christ? And I get to hear the answer, yes, I'm ready. But that's not the norm. Somewhere around here, this is the norm. 
for all of us. We're somewhere in the middle. Church, we, none of us, not me, not you, none of us are only called to be the last link. None of us are called to be that link where, where we're the one that's just closing the deal, leading them to Christ. But we are to minister the love of God at the different places in people's lives, regardless of where they're at. And it's not up to us to decide. It's up to us to be obedient and to share. Amen? Thank you, guys. So I said that discipleship starts at only one place. Evangelism. Where does evangelism start? Where does evangelism start? Peter and John were imprisoned in the moment we're going to read out of Acts chapter 4. Peter and John were imprisoned for speaking about Jesus, for sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, for declaring his love, his power, that he conquered death. And they were imprisoned and they were threatened. They released them, not because they wanted to, because they said, we have nothing against them. These guys have done nothing wrong, so we have to release them, but we're just going to threaten them really bad. Don't do it. Don't speak about him. Okay, so they're threatened. If you do it again, you will be, you will be beaten and thrown in jail. So in Acts chapter 4, verse 27, let's go ahead and read 27 through 30. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats. So this is Peter and John praying. Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After being released from jail and threatened with imprisonment for speaking in the name of Jesus, what did they do? What did they do? They prayed for boldness. They prayed for boldness. None of us are exempt from insecurities, from the attack of fear, from the things that come against us. No one likes the different types of imprisonment and, and beatings we take in our lives. But for the sake of Christ, we overcome those things. We need to pray for boldness. They just got released and they were pretty dang bold, by the way. They're pretty dang bold. If you read that passage, I love, they're like, who, who are we going to obey? Who are we going to obey? You or Jesus? Come on, man. I think that's in there. One of the translations says, come on, man. Give me a break. They prayed for boldness. The very next verse, Acts chapter 4, verse 31, let's read that. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. 
And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. They prayed for boldness and the result was what? Boldness. This isn't rocket science, church. It's not a trick question there. They prayed for boldness and what were they given? Boldness. They prayed for miracles. And if we keep reading the word of God, what do we see they were given? Miracles. Evangelism, just as discipleship starts one place and that's with evangelism, evangelism starts one place and that's with prayer. That's with prayer. What did we do two weeks ago? What was our little tagline that I said about a dozen times? This this was just prior. My man right here knows what it is. He's laughing because he came up and busted my chops afterwards. What, What was it? What did I say? Pray and invite. Pray and invite. We started our series on evangelism that week. Pray. It starts with prayer. It starts with prayer. Who do you pray for? Man, start by praying for yourself. Absolutely. Like they did. Follow their example. Lord, I need boldness. Give me boldness. Lord, I can't do any of this. So Lord, let your spirit move through me. Lord, I'm not capable of any miracles. But because of your servant, Jesus Christ, let us see miracles. Start off praying for yourself. It's not selfish. It's a good thing. What else? Pray for the people you're going to reach. Lord, I just lift up the people in my office, Lord God. I'm going to share with them, Lord God, by your grace, by your boldness. Lord, give me the boldness to share. But Lord, prepare their hearts to hear. Lord, prepare their hearts to hear. Prepare their hearts to receive. Prayer. Evangelism starts with prayer. Samuel Chadwick, 1800s English guy, awesome man of God, had this quote, Satan fears nothing but our prayers. Our prayers matter. Our prayers work. If we want to see the lost come to Christ, we must pray. If we want to be an evangelistic church, we must pray. Prayer unleashes the power of God around us. It changes us and it changes things. Did you guys, I don't want to gloss past that. Prayer changes us and it changes things. They're not empty words. They're not empty words. Too many times we base our prayers and the our critique of prayers our, our judgment of prayers on, on if we can see the immediate results or not, if we can see it with our eyes. Well, Lord, I can't see it, taste it, smell it, and it's been five minutes, so clearly it didn't work. Right? Hello? I mean, you know, we're impatient. We're like, if it takes microwave, you know, popcorn two and a half minutes, Lord, prayer should be at least, I mean, what, like three? You know, we pray and we trust God. We pray and we look to Christ. We pray and we let God do that work in us. So how do I evangelize? What do I say? I don't know what to do. Well, I'm here to tell you there's something else. The training, the equipping. The next several weeks we're going to go through these things. We're going to discuss testimony. What is a testimony? Why is it important? 
How do I share it? How do I know what mine is? We're going to cover that. The power of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb overcomes the enemy. That's what the Word of God tells us. So we're going to, we're going to spend some time on what our testimony is. We're going to look to the, the Bible to see a godly example of a testimony. Paul has a beautiful example. I'll just go ahead and touch on it a little bit. Life before Jesus. An encounter with Jesus. Life after Jesus. Every one of us have a testimony. Every one of us have a testimony. Heck, I've got I got two dozen of them. Depending on if I got 30 seconds or if I got five, you know, 10 minutes. I've even got a 17 and a half minute testimony in there somewhere. Probably longer. We all have testimonies. Remember I talked about evangelism being about relationship? That's the vast majority of, of evangelism opportunities we have. What are the pictures we saw? Yeah, there's the, you know, the guy with the colorful vest and the interesting signage. Um, I didn't see a soapbox, but I'm sure there was one there. Um, yeah, that's, that's a style, but the two friends having coffee. I mean, let's just, um, let's just read into those pictures. The one woman just sitting there listening, just sharing, just being in relationship with her friend. And in the end, you know, when, when she shares some things, saying, you know what, I'm sorry you're going through that, but I'm going to pray for you. God cares about those things. I'll be praying. That's evangelism. That's relationship. Guys going to a ball game. Hey, look, at, if we pulled up the picture again, there's a few guys, you know, there we go. All right, so he's got a barley pop. My man in the middle doesn't have a barley pop. The guy right here, he's got an oat soda. And the other guy's got a little camera. Well, that's not evangelism. How can evangelism include ball games and beer? Relationship. I don't care which one you are. Maybe you're the, the happy guy in the middle there. I'm not saying you got to go have a beer with them. If you drink beer, then have a beer with them. Yes, I'm talking about beer in church. And yes, I checked with Jesus. He's totally okay with this. He's totally okay with this. That's right. People are like, that's my evangelism right there. <laughs> Serving soup. Serving soup. Ladling a bowl of soup and saying, here you go, God bless you. Here you go. Smile. Look him in the eyes. Smile. Here you go. That's evangelism. That's showing the love of God. It doesn't always have to be with our words, but it always has to be with our life. You know, I showed an image of of two guys hanging out at the bar. If you have a friend that needs Jesus, go to where he or she is willing to meet you. Within reason. Within reason. This, this is a good family bar. This isn't one where people get very hot and find the need to disrobe, okay? Don't meet somebody in that kind of... Okay. Relationship. So what's what's our instruction? What's our preparation and get ready for next week? Pray, 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 pray. Church, pray. If we only knew how much our prayers worked, we would all of our free time would be spent in prayer. Our prayer works, guys. If I can just kind of sidetrack for a second. Hey, you having a tough time at home? Difficulties in marriage? Difficulties with the kids? 
raising the kids, raising them right. You at your wit's end. You have a tough situation at work. You know, are there obstacles mounting up against you? Pray. He cares. Pray. Take time and just, just be real with God. I've said it before in prayer. There's no hoops we have to jump through. We don't have to pray in Old English, King James English. Lord, it's me again. And I come to you because I'm in need again. But I come to you with confidence because I know who you are. So Lord, help me again. Hey, he's our father. And he's better than any father we've ever known. And he cares and he loves us. Church, let's be praying. Pray for for yourselves. Pray for others. Pray for your family. Pray for those that we're going to evangelize. Pray for your friends. If you are a Christian, okay, everyone hear this. I know I've said a lot of words and I'm wrapping those words up. If you're a Christian and you don't have any unsaved friends, go out there and get some unsaved friends. If we're only associating with other Christians, we are failing. Because we're shedding light with the light. It's like, oh, this is an awesome room full of light. Okay, there's a world out there that's dark that needs some light. Okay, the friends that you have that don't know Christ, pray for them and pray for yourself and ask God to open up opportunities, and He will. We're going to share testimonies of how God has used us in evangelism. Guys, I, I love evangelism. I can probably fit into just about any style. I can even do the soapbox thing. I, I'll, I'll do it with a little bit more love, and you know, I'll just wear something like this. I'm, you know, but I can do any style of evangelism. But you know what? I know that not everyone in this room can. That's all right. God's got a style for you. You can do it. You can do it. This isn't me giving a pep talk. This is God speaking through you, through me, because I talked with him earlier, and he's like, "Tell them they can do it." I'm not kidding you. Tell them they can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You don't have to have, you don't have to walk in the mantle or the office of evangelism to do this. That's a lie. That's a lie from the enemy. If he called each one of us to go take the good news, doesn't it make sense? I mean, perfectly logical. Makes sense that he would equip us to do that if he called all of us to it. Let's be perfectly clear. He called all of us to it. He called all of us to it. So he will equip us to do it. Next week, I have a friend that's coming in, and uh, awesome guy. His name is Benny, um, and he's going he's gonna to share uh, about his ministry and about evangelism and, and share a testimony. Um, and his whole ministry is about evangelism. It's about being out there and being real and being Jesus. Church, let's go out there and let's be Jesus. Let's be Jesus. Let's let his love be obvious let's take the time for people and let's take the time to listen to the Holy Spirit in the ways that he opens up doors for us to love and to share and what does it all start with yeah, you guys can do it come on there we go <laughs> prayer prayer see because it's not about you it's not about me. It's about God and His love. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we 
in the name and the authority of Jesus Christ, we come against fear. And we rebuke fear from our hearts, from our lives, from our homes. In the name of Jesus, fear be gone. Fear of evangelism. Fear of, of speaking, of public speaking, of sharing, of whatever it is. Fear of inadequacy. Fear of being a hypocrite because we know that our lives aren't perfect. Well, we rebuke that fear in Jesus' name and we, re- we rebuke the lie of the enemy because as I said, it's not about us. Lord, it's about you. So we make it about you and not about us. And so we say, Lord, use our strengths. But Lord, use our weaknesses. Lord, use our giftings. But more than that, Lord, use our willingness. We are willing. In the name of Jesus, I come against false teaching that would say that evangelism is only for those with evangelistic giftings, that evangelism is only for those who walk in that office of evangelist. In the name of Jesus, we come against that false teaching, that wrong teaching. And Lord, we look to your word for truth, period. In the name of Jesus, we declare the power the resurrection power of Jesus Christ over our homes and our neighborhoods and our workplaces, the places that we call Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. We just proclaim your sovereignty, Lord, your rule, your reign. And Lord, we ask that strongholds will be broken down, Lord God, that hearts will be open, Lord, to receive from you, Lord God. And Lord, we say, Lord, it's kind of, it's kind of scary. Lord, this is new. This is different. Lord, I, we submit it all to you. We look to you and we say, give us boldness. Just as Peter and John prayed, give us boldness so that we can declare the goodness and the love of Jesus Christ through our words, through our actions, through our lives. And Lord, I pray that they would all be motivated, Heavenly Father, by your love and empowered by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.